When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Adam, we're live. I know. It was a little quick. It was a little quick. What's up, everybody? Welcome <laughs> to the Losers Lounge. Yeah. Presented by DraftKings no, Sportsbook. <laughs> I'm surprised at how down. Like, I got people in my mention. Everybody's so down. No, this is one five in a row. Yeah. I, I know. mean, I know. Like, it's like, it doesn't matter. It's, 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 it, this is what sports are. This is yeah. what sports are. You're like, oh, my God. Do we suck? Yeah. Are we terrible, guys? <laughs> this is, oh, my God. The Nuggets a bad team. Do we need to trade everybody? I do have to let off real quick the funniest reply I got in my mentions tonight. It was that the Nuggets are crazy for not playing Marcus Howard with the second unit. Oh, man. is that That's what it that is. That was huh? my best one tonight. Uh, that's crazy, crazy, man. Um, yeah. Hey, we're going to get into it. There are, I think, a couple very interesting things to get into in this one. Uh, it's a loss. I'm not all that surprised about it, but there's some interesting like things to kind of just ask and explore. Unfortunately, I got my homies here with me. I got Harrison Wind. Minnesota is now 26 and 25. They must just suck against everybody else. <laughs> like, they look like the 96 Bulls against the Nuggets. I know, and that's going to be one of our questions. Is, is there something to that, or is it just they had two hot shooting nights? I don't know. Over here, I got D-line. Man, uh, that sucked. That, that <laughs> sucked. <laughs> uh, it was a rough one. Over here, I got Dev. Uh, you win some, you lose some. Um, <laughs> that, that Timberwolves team... They're really, really, really good against Denver. <laughs> Denver Against alone. Denver. They really shoot the ball well, man, and they do. And that kind of brings us to our top story tonight, in my opinion, our top story, which is, you know, yeah, Nuggets go down 130 to 115. It actually wasn't that close. Um, there's two things that I think are very important here. One, and I want to save it for later, but I'm going to set the table with it now. The second unit. Faku's the problem, guys. you got to get him out of the line. Everything's solved if you do that. Tonight, that second unit looked exactly like what we saw before the switch was made. So it's kind of like maybe it's not a total fix now. We can't, as I've been trying to say, we can't pin everything on one guy. That second unit looked exactly as as horrible. But I actually think that when the starters came back in, they, they were getting murdered as well. And it just the wheels came off. We've seen this story before with this team. But I actually think that there is something to Minnesota style of play. And tell me if this feels like a hot take to you. I mean, I'm, I'm very curious. I... I'm very interested that Chris Finch was here during the Kenneth Fareed stint, mm -hmm. that he coached with a, a, a dunker spot offensive rebounding monster in Kenneth Fareed, yeah. and that he goes to Minnesota and has Jared Vanderbilt, a for, you know, a former Nuggets player, who that's his forte. When he was taken in the second round, the thing that stood out about him was he grabbed like 
I don't remember what the number was. It was absurd. It was like 21 rebounds per 36 minutes in it, college. He had like one of the best rebounding rates in the history of college basketball. Yeah, it was his skill set was he just has a nose for the ball for his size. Very mobile, so switchable on defense. Got good hand-eye coordination. Even though he can't shoot, he's got really good hand-eye coordination, good body control. And then, of course, he just works that baseline. And they've actually found something. If you actually look at the best five-man lineups yeah. in all of the NBA, their starting lineup is right there at the top along with all of the best ones. Now they're missing D'Angelo Russell. But tonight, and I think in the last game too it stood out, one of the things Denver obviously defensively has its shortcomings as weaknesses, but most teams play with like a big on the block or they play some kind of like five out or this or that. This is a bit old school. When I mean old school, I mean like 2015, 16. <laughs> and that they play a player in the dunker spot at all times, Jared Vanderbilt, and he's so good at it. And I think it actually is a real problem. I think Denver struggles against that in large part because I think most teams would sh- struggle against this style of offense. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, these last two games that the Nuggets and Timberwolves have played, Minnesota's blown Denver out in, yeah. in each one. They hit 23 threes when they beat Denver in Denver back in December. They hit 19 right. tonight. And the Timberwolves just have the Nuggets on their heels for, like, the entire game, I feel like. Especially when the momentum flipped when the bench unit first came in and in that uh, first stint, late first quarter. They've just got the Nuggets on their heels. And I wonder if it's part of the style that they play, the coaching. You mentioned they have Chris Finch. They also have another Nuggets old assistant, Mike Inori, on their staff. So I wonder if, you know, they're just ready for what Denver's going to throw at them. Um, but yeah, man, Timberwolves just have their number. It seems like a really rough matchup for them. Yeah, you talk about them having their number. It also just they have um, strengths that the Nuggets really do struggle at. Um, they they space the floor, knock down the three ball. Denver has a very hard time like trying to slow that down and running guys off of it. Just especially with them running under picks and just giving up the the open three. But also like those rim runner. Uh, um, athletic big guys around the rim, they give Jokic issues. They just really do. Um, the athleticism and being able to throw it up there, um, it, it puts him in spots that he just is like vulnerable in. And also, he's not like an athletic guy, so he doesn't match them in, into those things. So Minnesota's just kind of um, like the Nuggets kryptonite right now. They play up to that competition, and they just answer a lot of things that the Nuggets are trying to figure out. So while these are not good wins these are like or sorry not good losses these are losses that you can learn things in and also try to figure it out yeah like for me this game the starters won the first minutes the bench got beat down so badly and it was the construction of the bench that we saw before with the three guards no center they were so small right. so soft like this is i i really really was missing boogie tonight in that first stint like you could feel it you could feel it. like that bench unit was so hapless and uh they were just running around it, i was so confused as to why uh davon reed didn't get run until garbage time like when i was watching it it just seemed like minnesota was just physically bigger than denver most times yeah i see i love this point but i want st- to i want to push on the bench for just a second because it's going to be a big story and i there's a lot to unpack there, but I want to stay on this. Over the last 15 games, Minnesota actually has the number one offense. If you recall, they got hit with COVID. Towns got hit with COVID. Like yeah. They had a really un- kind of unlucky break. To You asked about their record. This is part of it. They had a really unlucky start, as most teams have, so it's not really an excuse. But over the last 15 games, their offense has been absolutely humming. They've been better than the Phoenix Suns, better than the Nuggets, the Nets, all those other teams. A 117.6 offensive rating in their last 15 games, which is great. Wow. And I really do think, I've talked about this so much, 
everybody thinks of floor spacing in terms of shooting. Like, you got to get more shooters on the, uh, you know, this or that. I really do think, and it, Carl Anthony Towns and Jokic, not that different. It's funny before the game that Michael Malone was asked about the Timberwolves, and he said, we're not that similar. Yeah. People think we are, we're not. I agree, but in a bad way. I actually think this is something we talked about. Denver in the Jokic era every single year has been top three in offensive rebounding until this year. Yep. All of a sudden, now they're an average offensive rebounding team. You look at Jared Vanderbilt tonight. It's so hard to guard a dynamic center with some good pick and roll play and some floor spacers around them when you have that one guy that just has to babysit the rim because there's this dude keeps grabbing offensive rebounds. So to me, it's a lesson I think the Nuggets can actually learn and say, hey, that's actually a key ingredient that might be missing right now. Yeah, yeah Vanderbilt dominated this game, I felt like, just rebounding the ball. Uh, nine rebounds five offensive rebounds he was just working the nuggets big men inside you know mm -hmm. Jokic, aaron gordon jamichael green zeke naji he dominated those guys on the glass and and i agree it's it's weird because rebounding something that you don't really talk about when you're winning but when you're losing it's an obvious area right. where yeah. you're probably not you know pulling your weight and yeah, the Nuggets throughout the Jokic era have been a dominant offensive rebounding team. Uh, they're not a good offensive rebounding team this year at all. But Jared Vanderbilt, like, certainly, certainly is. And another thing that struck me about Minnesota tonight, I kind of got some Phoenix Suns vibes with them where everybody on the Timberwolves roster knows their place, especially in that starting five. And it's probably why they have one of the, like, like you said, the best starting five in the NBA from an offensive rating standpoint. You know, Towns, Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, when he's healthy, you know, those guys are making things happen. Jared Vanderbilt, he knows he's not touching the ball unless he's right, in the restricted right. area yeah, his job. or on an offensive rebound. And Pat Beverly's there for a kickout three. So I, I just really think they're uh, everybody on Minnesota kind of knows their role, and um, they were impressive. And I know, Eric, one of the things you might be thinking, because I know we were talking downstairs, that Vanderbilt tonight, you look at the plus minus, he was a zero. You look at some of the other guys, they were plus 20. Clearly, the plus 20 guys, which is the bench guys, that's what won it. But Vanderbilt being a zero means he more or less canceled out Jokic, which is the big thing. Now, yeah. can Jokic make up you know, for 24, being outscored by 25? Probably not. That's too much. No. But Jokic himself, got when they were on the court, the Nuggets got beat tonight. And in large part of it, to me, that's why even the starters couldn't get in and sort of stop the bleeding. And that was part well, it's of just it. A, I just... As I saw it, like the bench created such a wide chasm no question. that then when the third quarter started, like the, the Nuggets started to play uncharacteristically, like and they even then the starters didn't quite know what they were doing. Right. It was just chaos tonight. Like it just they got punched in the mouth and were like not expecting it at all, and they just couldn't rebound. And then everything rebound meet in two ways. They couldn't right. rebound as a team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't figure out how to get back going. And then like and then like the it just became comical. Like. Torian Prince and Nas Reed, we just they, got confidence, they missed man. one shot or two two shots between them in the first half. They each uh, scored like an unbelievable amount. It was just like one of those games where you're like, all right, like what are we doing here? Like, but Dev, it, I do is, wish Jokic had sat. By the way, now you wish, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, man, look what happens when Jokic doesn't play. You get murdered. Yeah. Uh, Dev, this two games in a row, they've lit the nets on fire. But also, I mean, they do shoot a lot of threes, but they're making a lot. Is it coincidence? Denver run poor. Or do you think it is something where it's like, hey, they have a little something figured out that works especially well against Denver? Yeah, I think that we like 
we've talked about the Phoenix Suns, and it's always that they don't have those mismatches or they don't have issues with, like, cross mismatches. I think that there's a lot of them um, where teams just have advantages if they're knocking down the three ball or if they're just spacing the floor in that way. And then also Minnesota is, like, really unique because they have floor spacers and then they have crashers. So, like, at the exact same time. So, like, right now, was, or this game was a game that Anthony Edwards didn't even get himself going in. And I think that yeah. that, like, even helped them out even more because they weren't just keying in on a guy. Everyone was getting themselves involved. So, the the rim running, really, it, it changes, like, a lot of things. Uh, you can't, like, make up for that. The, the not having a, a big guy in that second unit really like changed the dynamic of, of the game because Nas Reed destroyed in that first half. He, right. I mean, in that, in that first stint. And then Ter- Torian Prince was knocking down every single three three ball. So now they have that going. They space it, and McLaughlin is getting to the, to the line, uh, lane. So everybody was going at the exact same time, and the Nuggets don't have a counter act for that. So there is something specific about Minnesota and the way that they match up against the Nuggets. Yeah. Uh, 23 of 48 the first time they played 19 of 45 this time so you know over 43s between two matchups and it was like all the bench Uh, like dev said anthony edwards made one three tonight yeah last time made one three tonight beverly had three he also had three in that first meeting or or the last meeting they had torian prince just was a beast malik beasley too well this might be a two segment we could start it right now but it's going to bleed in because there's a lot to get to i mean that was the story i wanted to lead with the vanderbilt aspect because to me when i just think about missing ingredients this year yes the shooting yes the murray's play creation this or that but just the rebounding and you wonder like aaron gordon has been such a good fit in so many ways but one area that you look at you think if he's your four is he grabbing offensive rebounds and putting that same pressure so far not yet we'll see if that's a long-term thing that needs to be solved but the bench tonight's the story. I mean, there's no question about it. Nuggets were good. The Nuggets actually started this game, I thought, a little flat-footed. Like, Denver... They did, but they were... Ahead. They still won. They still won their minutes, but there were points left on the board. Like, Denver went up 17-10 to 10 or they something like They turned the that. ball over seven times seven, in the first five minutes yo, of this game. I, I looked disaster. at that 17-10, to 10 and I think there was, like, a missed shot, and then the other way they hit a three and went 17-13. You're like, man, I feel like Denver should be up 10 points right now. They're only up four I, or whatever. I was positive we were going to be discussing the turnovers. As yeah, the yeah. key story well, of the game. Guess Not how just, many turnovers they finished with tonight, do Oh, mind? my God. They had like 9 in 11 seconds, so they probably had 20. No, that's the thing. They only had 12 turnovers tonight. Yep. They didn't turn the ball over after the first quarter. <laughs> so the so they should turn the ball over? <laughs> they no, like they, they, they set the tone early where they just yeah. took off with the lead yeah. after that. Right. No, they just missed, started missing threes after this that. This is a classic. This has happened all year. <laughs> and then when we were really blaming the bench you know, early on and trying to think through this. It was about sucking oh, the air out of the room. Are you the blame game? I'm just saying, when it, when you're up three points and then you go to the bench, the second unit comes in, and next thing you know, you're down 15, which is what happened in this one. I mean, it really was like 15 points. Starters came in. They also got smacked. Um, what went wrong with the bench? Uh, construction, bench construction. It looked like the bench that we had before where we had two small guys that were trying to be the big men. They're uh, so long, by the way. This is one thing that yes. really stands out. Minnesota, you yes. said big earlier. I don't think they're big. They're just so long. McDaniels, Vanderbilt. They, they have like, like some yeah. wingspans. Yeah. Every, time that, uh, every time that somebody on the bench, and then Will Barton, too, even when they tried to stagger it, they were like, all right, we can't have all of these three bench guards in at once. We'll stagger it with Will. Like, even then, when he was trying to drive the lane, he was just getting erased. It was just like four guys swallowing yeah. everybody. They blocked a bunch of shots, um, but the Nuggets—they just—they just couldn't—they couldn't hang physically. Like it, yeah. that's what it looked like to me. They yeah. just 
they just didn't have the right personnel out yeah. there. I mean, Nasri dominated for like a five-minute stretch. Yeah. End of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter. He's a good backup center, but I mean... Yeah, I love him. Nasri, he, he just dominated this game, and I tweeted it, it, it out when we were watching. The Nuggets really missed DeMarcus Cousins tonight, and you could feel that. You could just feel that with how the game was going, and a lot of people were coming at me like, Oh, they didn't miss DeMarcus Cousins Sunday against Milwaukee when the bench looked great against the a Bucks. A small bench. That's what I replied. Look, the Bucks play a small ball look on their bench. When you're playing against a traditional backup center, you need DeMarcus Cousins. And um, you could just really feel that tonight. So it was Nas Reed and it was Torian Prince hitting shots off of, you know, whatever looks he was helping them get. So dumb. Yeah. Also, dumb one team dumb. made every single shot. They went <laughs> like the eight or nine straight makes. <laughs> And then on the other end, uh, Bones. Oh. Um, Bryn Forbes was so Forbes bad was horrible. Like, you couldn't make a basket on one side, and the other team was making everything. Also, in that second quarter, there was no turnovers, like, at all. Like, like Harrison was just said, they only finished with 12. There was no turnovers, but there was also no baskets from one team. So it made it a, a lot easier for them where they're getting blitzed, and they just they couldn't stop the bleeding. I know. Getting pressure in the paint at all? Because to me, that I've always said, more than – anything it's can you apply pressure on the paint and i thought even yoke tonight was kind of perimeter oriented oh my a lot god man in a way that was like man what's going on but that Ugh. second unit did you you know how how do you feel bones was getting into the paint tonight i don't think they did they just kind of settled for three uh three ball after three ball yeah um and then they're just missing them and then on the other end they're just they're getting ran after makes and misses right. which was a lot of misses so now you're like on, yeah. you're on catch up every single time and you're trying like you're playing your backs to like the the defense, I mean, the offense, and then they come up and they just scored. So there was no getting into the lane, and also they were smaller, so yeah, it made it harder. And I, when they got in the lane, they just got blocked. Right? Like yeah, they, they were a lot of blocks tonight. Dude, they got every time. Like. It was oh, God, so nine block shots. What was interesting that happened with the bench in that first stint? I didn't think Bones was terrible by any means, but the Nuggets weren't like generating good looks. You know, they weren't generating healthy offense. With that bench group, and they love that point downstairs. Yeah, they love and, it. And <laughs> uh, Bones got pulled early in that first stint. He only played six minutes in the first half. He, yeah. he got the yank pretty early on. Um, again, I don't think he was that bad, but he turned the ball over once, missed a three. He just wasn't really taking command of that group. It felt like, but it's was kind of hard when they were just missing shots and Minnesota was just running it down Denver's throat on the right, other end in right. transition. It was, you know, and then you're taking the ball out of the basket and it's kind of that never ending Snowballed, cycle. yeah. Uh, Bryn Forbes is also terrible, terrible tonight. He got blown by three times almost in a row in the first half. Uh, didn't hit a three until the game was pretty much decided, I think, in the second half. He was really rough Dude, tonight, especially on defense. I think he, I think that was the single worst Nuggets performance I've seen He this was season. really bad. Both offense and defense. He was so bad. I'm worried about him as a playoff player, honestly, for the, for these reasons. Is that, like, he can make shots and win games. Is what happened with Milwaukee last year against Miami. I mean, he w helped win that series. So it could be a real positive. But it's also a real liability where it's like, man, yeah. I don't, uh, you know, he's he just can't guard. This isn't a thing where he can have yeah. hot defensive games. It's like he's, if you have the wrong matchup or if he's just, like, being exploited there, that could be an issue. But... 
tonight, I, you can, I don't think you can pin it on any one guy with that second unit. It was just so bad as a whole, and it was so discouraging to see. Uh, more guys on the bench that were discouraging to talk about on the other <laughs> side. <laughs> but also maybe some salute. Like, uh, we, I, I do want to ask the question of, like, are the vibes gone? The Nuggets had a five-game winning streak. Things are rolling. Is this one of those ones where it's like, all right, blow it up. You got a chance tomorrow. There's quick turnaround. Yo. You got a chance to regain the vibes, or is this like a... Oh, air's out of the room now. We got to start over. We'll find out after the break. Find out after the break. <laughs> Tell you tease right there. The Mile High City Copper Lager from Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. It's the beer of Nuggets season. Make sure to pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager from your local liquor store, your local grocery store. If you're over in Littleton, check out the Breck Brew Farmhouse. If you're in the area, drop by the DNVR bar. We've got Breck Brews on tap. We've got Breck Ooh. Brew Seltzer in the fridge, chilled, ready to be consumed. I need a seltzer right now. <laughs> I could go for one, too. Uh, so check out all of the great beers from Breckenridge Brewery. Check out the Mile High City Copper Lager because it is nugget season, of course. Uh, do you want a job? Ball is yes. hiring still <laughs> for production technicians. Uh, they're looking to fill line capacity at their golden plant right here in beautiful golden Colorado. Uh, they're looking for production technicians that pays $27 and 39 cents per hour with potential for increases at six, 12 and 18 months on the job offers exposure to a lot of other manufacturing opportunities at the plant as well. The production technician role touches on other stages of production, making aluminum cans and ends too. If you want more info, jobs.ball.com search for golden or text golden to 77222 we have a surprise guest in the house i don't i don't know if you guys saw i just uh we'll see maybe 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 she'll come join here in just a little bit Sheila little Mars? <laughs> not, 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 not my wife oh. uh thank you though um what <laughs> <laughs> back here uh segment two here i just had a surprise I, I had a surprise message here i'm like oh hey oh hey I'm gonna see if uh, she'll come on the show um zeke naji tonight it was garbage time but he went three for three from three, guys. <laughs> I, I like this guy. Honestly, he's in. He, he might. This is sacrilegious to say. I think he's approaching PJ territory with me. Where I'm like, if he's like shooting it, I'm like, I think that's in. Yeah. I just think it's in now. Like he's I, he's up there with me right uh, right there. He also got benched tonight, which is weird because <laughs> one, he's from Minnesota. <laughs> Tough. So it's like tough, tough, tough man. You like you get your family. They were showing the the, the Najee yeah. family in the house. You got your him. McDonald's All American sister in the house. You got, too. You got her as well. Yeah. So you think like, and then he gets benched and again. Like I don't know that he was, I don't know that he was the guy that was like, hey man, here it's your fault. We gotta <laughs> get you out of there. He did come back in and made some threes in, uh, in garbage time. I know we talked about this in the pregame show a while back. I'm I really am ready to see if Zeke Najee can handle a play being run for him. Because he's not that guy right now. He's just a floor spacer. Get to your spots. We're running this play, but your job is the space. Can he? Can you run him off like a double pin down and see if he can catch it and shoot? And if not, like he, I trust him just to get the ball back to the point guard. Are you I think that. Yes, yeah, so I think that. Uh, I have to like adjust my um, idea of what Zeke Naji is. He's clearly a knockdown shooter. Like he's a, he's Automatic. a shooter. But I think that the Nuggets need him to be a, a physical big man. And I think that's where I have the issue of trying to see if he belongs or not. Because he just kind of just gets pushed around out there and uh, doesn't really protect the paint like as far as like as a big man does. He's a really good on-ball defender and like has a lot of activity. I want him to be a little bit more aggressive. So it's, it's difficult for me to see it in that light. But when he's knocking down, I mean, when he's shooting the ball, I do feel confident in his shots. And I really am ready for the the for the Nuggets to run pin downs for him. 
for them to come right. off of like a you know a pick and pop and be ready to shoot um, and things like that. I'm I, he I feel like he is progressing and I want to see him become more of a shooter because you have to be confident. If you watch Brent Forbes go in and go one for seven every single <laughs> right. game. They're like just having space. They're putting him in spots where he can like try to succeed. He's just not making making them. So why not give it to the guy that is knocking down shots? But Dev, he's not very dynamic, and I think that's part of it. Is and neither is Brenton Forbes. But that's the thing is like if you run him off two pin downs and throw him the ball and he's not open or whatever, like I don't. Yeah. There's nothing else for him to do other than reset. You know, basically maybe make basic reads, and I think that's maybe part of it. Yeah, I told you that uh, when our PHNX brethren were here, um, Saul specifically, who went to Arizona, so he watched Zeke Naji's collegiate career. He like talked about how he was a beast. Yeah, how he was like a rebounder. He was all around the rim, like the exact opposite of what we have come to know Zeke Naji's game as. Like he wasn't. He didn't know him as a shooter because in that system he wasn't allowed to shoot threes. So it's weird. Like. He is like, in my mind, a finesse big guy. And <laughs> yeah, like I don't. I think that's the accurate thing, though. Like, some guys can dominate at the college. Like college level is so for sure. But it's just wild. Like that yeah. was his identity. He called yeah. him a beast. Like I, I would call Zeke Naji a lot of things. First off, piano man. Second off, <laughs> uh, the, the twine twick tickler. Yeah. Uh, beast would be like pretty low down. <laughs> I'll tell you what's crazy. How can somebody who's that good at piano have such bad hands? <laughs> what? Like, don't Dude, you think he, he'd have good hands? He fumbled a lot I think, today. I think Everybody did, though. The ball was clearly fingers, covered in I think. I think finesse, finesse fingers, fingers yeah. <laughs> He's got the old FS. Yeah. Um, I mean, Zeke was really rough on the glass Beethoven, tonight. Like, real passionate. Like, no, he needs to play like, uh, what is that? Uh, great balls of fire. Uh, Billy, <laughs> okay. Billy, <All> right. <laughs> uh, that can be his next YouTube video. That channel hasn't been updated <laughs> in a while. Uh, uh, but Zeke was really bad on the glass tonight. And um, with no DeMarcus Cousins, they needed him to rebound the ball more. And he couldn't really do that. He gave up some offensive rebounds, lost a couple defensive rebounds. Um, but I don't think it's any coincidence that he didn't look as good tonight without DeMarcus Cousins. Like, those two are a perfect fit together. True. Bogey and Zeke Naji. like, Bogey can roll to the rim. He can bang inside. He can clear space down low. Zeke can go around the perimeter, knock down shots. Like, that is a perfect fit. Dude, and, um, Piano Man and well, Boogie? Well, here's, yes. think about that. Well, here's another <laughs> advantage to if you're using him at coming off of pin downs. One of the values of having a double pin down, they call this in, in basketball terms a strong pin down, two guys setting the screen, is that it's very hard for a chase defender to get around two screens without forcing a switch. So a lot of times you can. Now, if that's Zeke Naji coming off to, number one, it means a power forward has to chase him. Yeah. Power forward's not usually coming off of pin downs like that, although it's a little more common in today's NBA. And if you use Boogie DeMarcus Cousins as the second screener, almost always he's the guy that ends up getting the second the, the, the second guy. So you can actually, one, hope you can start getting Zeke Naji on pin down so he turns and shoots it. It would be really cool to see. But two, you might be able to get DeMarcus Cousins switched onto a four or smaller early off in a possession, and now you run your offensive set from there. So yeah. I think it's maybe worth it. I, the trust issue is the thing with Malone. Like, I mean, this is the same with Bones. It's the same with all of these young players. Like, Michael Malone, very he's been burned before in the past, guys. He's, uh, <laughs> he's maybe he's been in relationships, Dev, where he's uh, he's been burned yeah. by trust, and it's very but very difficult. I'm I'm still super high on Zeke. Like, if he has a center next to him and can play his position, I think he's 
like the perfect role player to have around Nikola Jokic, man. He, yeah. He's the perfect uh, low usage, high efficiency guy. Right. To to play off of Jokic, he's versatile defensively. I think he's a great fit in Denver. I'm 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 just really happy with Zeke. It's funny because defensively, him and Vando very somewhat similar. Like they're versatile; they can move their feet. Offensively, I swear to God, they're yin and yang. They they also like personality wise. Personality like. wise, but really like they possess none of the same traits. Yeah, no. like Vanderbilt, incredibly tenacious. Just yes. plays like yeah. rebounds like a monster. Just absolutely can't no touch at all. Someone no, call him a beast. No, someone call him a beast. Zeke, <laughs> not quite a beast. Incredible touch, you know, like they really are uh, a yin and yang there. It's kind of funny. It's true. I'm creating the perfect uh, emoji to illustrate Piano Man and Boogie together uh, in the chat. I'm sorry. I can't, uh, I can't be paying attention. I'm looking for the dance. I mean, we've all got our priorities. We do all have our priorities. Jermichael Green tonight. So, you know, he's a minus eight tonight off of the bench, which isn't the worst. I mean, you got Bones Highland, Austin Rivers, who are way worse. He has 12 points, four rebounds, two assists. But as you mentioned, he does. He looked really good against a small lineup. Maybe he's a utility player against teams like that. Tonight, though, wasn't really an impact player. Yeah, Seven. but I, I like that he's uh, aggressive. Like, that's one thing you are going to get with J. Mike. He's not going to back down to those physical teams. Yeah. Um, like, I feel like Minnesota tries to have their way, like, with, yeah. like, aggression, just trying to get in and be physical with the Nuggets. And J. Mike doesn't allow that. So, I really, like, likes that, that he tries in, in that regard. And, even running him with that second unit a little bit more probably could have like helped out just because you have a guy that's going to try to slow sl slow down the bleeding. I don't think that it was a, a good game. Wildly unsuccessfully. <laughs> Jay Mike, but I like I do like that he, he battles in those ways. And you got to try to find like moments that you could play him or games that you could play him. And sometimes it'll work, sometimes it's not. Yeah, yeah I'm, I, I don't like watching J. Mike play anymore. I don't either. I'm like completely over the J. Me Mike. Me too, really. man. I would I'm like them very much to trade J. Mike. It's I, just I like whenever he's playing ahead of Zeke, you're like, why? I agree. Like, Because then he shoots a three, he misses a three. He shoots a mid-range, he misses a, He gets some garbage. He's a tough guy. You're, you're not lying about that. He's in there. He's fighting for rebounds. He is putting in effort, uh, which was something that like you was you couldn't get from anybody else on the bench tonight, so that, that did stick out. But um, that just, man, the way that that bench played tonight, like I, there were like six, I know only five play at a time, but like six, seven guys as they cycled in and out. I was like, I don't like how that guy's playing. I don't like yeah. how that guy's playing. I want that guy off the team. And like it, just, it was just, I don't know. <laughs> Pretty funny. Um, I, I, I mean, he's most point. likely to get traded, I think, so that you got there. So let's ask the Thank big question God. here. We're trying to build the perfect bench. I do think that it's probably very likely one of those things where Malone has seven guys to pick from on any given night, and that's a tough spot to be in. I think George Carl loves that spot. Like <laughs> he had guys like this that were like he most games he plays zero. Every now and then he'll play thirty five minutes. And it's just like I, just talking to him. I think he loves that stuff. To, you know, Davon Reed comes in tonight. He goes two of three from the three point line. He, he came in hot. He, he came in came in hot. Uh, he's been on the shelf a little bit. Is there anybody? I mean, is he a guy you'd like to see maybe get a little bit more minutes? Well, the last spot for me is between him and Austin Rivers. I, I mean, the bench to me, I feel honestly pretty good about the bench. Like, I, I think there's a good bench to be constructed. It's when Demarcus Cousins is healthy. It's yeah. him. It's Zeke Naji. It's Bones Highland. Um, it's Bryn Forbes, and then it's either Austin Rivers or Davon Reed. Like, that is clearly the bench to me, and honestly, I feel okay with that group. I feel okay with that group. Okay. 
Dev, do you have like a preference? Or like Davon Reed need to take somebody's minutes in your opinion? I hate the bench. No, <laughs> 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 the, the bench is it's tough. Like <laughs> really, because I feel like you're just trying to buy time for the starters to be out there. I think that you got to have an all defensive bench that's just gonna just try to get through those times. I don't think there's much scoring for it. Is Dev um, advocating for is, more Faku minutes. I right think now? that is Austin Rivers. Like if I had to go with a guy, I, I think that's the same bench that Harrison says, and you have to like guess if it's Austin Rivers or or Davon I'm gonna go with Rivers he's just like a vet he's been there and also he has his moments where he's really good lately we haven't seen the defense like that we've see that's the thing tonight and he got benched tonight too and I think that was part of it is he was out there and it's like hey we need somebody to get stop it him not he wasn't getting them either and he used to be that guy right. so like he has to get back to that and I, I mean, it, I think it's not a coincidence that it's came with the success of him on offense where he's starting to get himself going. But the defense is what's going to play him. That's the reason that he's on the team. Like, I feel like he has to be a little bit, you know, better on that side of the floor. But I would go with Rivers. Yeah, probably. I mean, but interchangeable. Like, yeah. you shouldn't – the bench is such that you shouldn't have, like, a set five for your bench. Like, your your bench should be – Holy matchup specific, but it should be Boogie and Zeke and Bones and Bryn since we traded for him. And he was so bad tonight, but he was good last game. So I'm going to remember that Bryn and forget this Bryn and then either Davon or. What's crazy, though, is that Boogie Cousins is an integral piece to the Nuggets bench. I know. Like, it's so sad. <laughs> it really feels like. The bench is kind of like riding on if he plays well <laughs> or if he plays. Or maybe plays, just yeah. even the, if he plays, oh if he's God. out there for 15 minutes. And I, like I said in the pregame show, it's a little worrisome that he's, you know, there's some durability concerns with him because, like, we've seen that he can totally change the dynamic and the feel of that group when he's out there and playing. So. Yeah. That's it's a big storyline. A, a guy on a ten-day contract <laughs> could potentially be the key, is there anything, or maybe is the key to the Nuggets. Is there bench. anything more Nug life than Boogie Cousins? <laughs> Our, Our fate is rising on Boogie Cousins. <laughs> Michael Malone had a comment a couple games ago, man, where he, he Michael Malone said a couple games ago, like we need Demarcus, like we yeah. need this guy. And I'm sitting here tonight, and I'm thinking. Yeah, they oh, do. They need do you think Which is crazy. Do you think it's DeMarcus Cousins they need, or do you think they just need a viable The presence center? of a big, yeah. Same thing. <laughs> I, I honestly think it's the second one. Well, like, it is, yeah. but that's what we have. Well, I don't yeah. know who else that is. Like, yeah, I'm just saying, if you made a trade for like a Robin Lopez or something like that, uh, it would, to me it would be a major, it would yeah. be even an upgrade. Because Robin Lopez, I like, can't dribble, though. You know, it feels you like it that? could just be anybody. I feel like that's kind of some of the value that Boogie mm. brought. Can we get like, just like a big like log or something? Like just like a large object that we could just put in the coast. Can we get Costa Cooper? <laughs> yeah. I mean like an actual lot. Like you know I, I actually am serious about this one thing. It is the two positions in the NBA that most get like cycled through point guards. We t I've talked about this. It takes a long time to develop. So there just ends up not being very many of them. And then it is setters too, where it's like there's serviceable setters that get pushed out of the league for no reason other than everyone's trying to find the next center, or, you know, this or that or play small. There's just so many reasons to not stick with, a semi-washed veteran that could just be your backup, like yeah. Marcus Saul. The unicorns of unicorns have ruined it for the yeah, lunch palers. We're always <laughs> looking for unicorns. Like we can just get a guy that can go out there and just rebound. Like, and what's his three-point percentage? Like zero. Zero. Shoot just, the goddamn yeah. thing. He's a big log. Yeah, just, that's all he does, man. Come on now. Um, let's go back to the starting lineup here because there's some stuff in here tonight. I will say, Eric Gordon tonight, man. I don't know what got into him. 
the what, weed what administrator got out of sucks, it. apparently. <laughs> what got out of it? I mean, he has these games, man. He's so... I, I, it's hard to complain because he's been so great. We've raved about him all year. But there are some nights where you're like, just go bang with these guys, man. Go inside. Go do something. Be aggressive. And he just wasn't tonight. Over four from the three-point line. Only <laughs> took nine. Shy went three of nine at seven points. Got some cardio in. There's like uh, there's like good games or bad games, and then there's these type of games. This is a horrible game for, for yeah. Aaron Gordon. And I really thought that he will be up for this type of challenge. Like, it's guys Wrong. that are, um, <laughs> you know, as athletic as him and, and do a lot of the, thing, the things that he does. He's the one guy on the Nuggets team that I feel like can match, you know, their um, athleticism. Like, yeah. he just can't. And also, he wants to, like, bang with guys down there. He, he wants to be involved, and he wasn't in this game. And also, like, I, I mean, I've been saying it for a while. I just don't think that he's engaged defensively anymore. Mm. And now the offense, like, is starting to, like, go away. He went 0 for 4 from 3 and just kept shooting. I mean, kind he, of yeah. forced, he, he kind of forced more, most of the shots up and just kind of didn't feel like he was part of the offense. Like, really, I don't want to be hard on him because he really has been playing, you know, he's been playing really, well well, really well lately. He's been yeah. playing really good. But this was not a good game for him, like, at all And it's also not a coincidence that the Nuggets played really poorly in the game right. that he didn't play well. That's a good point. Uh, I just remembered earlier when I said the Nuggets were up 17-10 to 10 and it looked like they were going to put them away. I remember the sequence now. Will Barton, back-to-back three-pointers. Oh, rolling. Man. Within the flow of the offense. It comes down and just like pulls up a three from the top of the key in transition. Like, nope, like a total, you got a great three off of a great offensive process you get another three off a great off process it's like i'm on fire rather than we have a rhythm going and it was a classic one of those barton ones and you look at it tonight he went four of 11 he had 13 points on 11 shots which is not that great given how hot he was but it's one of those things where it's like when the nuggets are rolling especially early trust that your offensive process is the reason you're getting there yeah it's better when everyone feasts than when one guy feasts yeah, I mean, you, if you take out Will Barton's first quarter from most of these games, oh, he's man. usually doing nothing yeah. over the rest of the game. His, but to be fair, his first quarters have been fantastic. Like, oh, really yeah, scorching they've been high. great. And it's been a reason why the Nuggets have been a great first quarter team. But right. he just doesn't really have an impact a lot of the times after that. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that play that you mentioned, man, like it was <laughs> and it was a tight turner a little bit. I thought the Nuggets were about to go up 15. Will Barton has one of these once a game where yeah. he has a sequence where you're like, wow, Will Barton, you know, he's exactly what the Nuggets need to complement the Jokic-Murray two-man game. Yeah. And then he has another sequence right after that where you're no like, wow, I can actually see why everybody hates this No dude. one is more committed to feeding their haters. Exactly. You think it's on purpose, maybe. <laughs> he's like a – he's like a – Wants to make sure everyone is fed. The people that support him, yeah, the people that so hate him. We all have arguments. Uh, it's fantastic. Thank you, Will. Uh, I don't really have tons of mo- notes on Jeff Green and Monte Morris. I don't think Jeff Green did he play or <laughs> he went four of eight tonight, twelve points. Uh, no, I, did he play? Was he in the game? <laughs> Twenty-two minutes. Was Monte Morris in the game? He played. Uh, this game was a stupid game. I hate this game. Can we talk about something? This t- the Avalanche game is pretty good. Let's talk about that game. <laughs> Let's hit a break. On the other side, we'll hit our super chats. If we have any? I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you what. In the chat right now, we have three hundred thirty-five people. I'm you guys dude. know what you guys are. The diehards, the, the real sickos, ones, the, the real, real ones, ones. our people. Nuggets lose by 20, and you're like, you know what? Let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, man. I love these ones. I love you guys the most. Us or them? Them. Oh, okay. I was going to say, Come that's. What are you talking about? Even though you're not looking at the at them, you're looking at Harrison when you said that there's no yeah, way. We, we locked eyes at that moment. <laughs> thought we had something. <laughs> 
I'll tell you what, we should have known today was going to suck when it started snowing. I did know. I'd be we live in Colorado, too. You were asking, you were questioning our, our vibes in the pregame show. You know, I, tom- you know what tomorrow is? Those are premonition vibes. You know what tomorrow is, Dev? Snow day. Oh, you snow know, day. I can't believe it. Dude, it's just thinking about it right My now. kids are going to be running around the house while I'm trying to work. <laughs> Guys, the moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Uh, Bet $5, get $280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer, you can still experience Super Bowl 56 with the same game parlays. So make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR, get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5, get $280 in free bets if your team wins. It's promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. You know, quickly, you know what I find so confusing about that ad? What's or that read is that it starts off like all other reads around this time of year, talking about the big game. Yeah. And later on, they just start talking about the Super Bowl. The big game is the funniest thing. That's what I mean. The happened. big game is the like when you have to refer to it as the big game if you're yeah. not Pepsi or McDonald's. I or don't know. I don't write the ads. Do I, know I just you read them. Well, you bring them to life. I'll yeah. say that. <laughs> uh, sexy pizza. That would make this Nuggets loss feel feel a little less worse. Uh, sexy pizza. They've got. A deal going on for the Super Bowl, I'm seeing here. What? Sexy Pizza's not scared. <laughs> I don't know if I was supposed to say the Super Bowl there. Did Sexy Pizza's get... Well, whatever. They've got a great deal going on for the big game. The big game! Uh, you can get two 16-inch pizzas for $29.99 when you order online using the promo code Sexy Super Bowl. Man, so go I'll to sexy.pizza. Sexy this is a great deal. Two 16-inch pizzas for $30 when you use the promo code sexy Super Bowl. All one <laughs> word. Type that promo code in there. Two 16-inch pizzas for 30 bucks. Go to sexy.pizza to order. You can also stop into one of their locations. Uh, they're all over the Denver area. Uh, they're in the Highlands. They're on Pearl Street. Ooh, they're at the Super all Bowl. the way throughout Denver. If anyone is planning on having a sexy Super Bowl party, please invite me. Please why, invite why me. Would you be invited. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be invited. That's the whole point. Oh, just with pizza. Oh, just with pizza, <laughs> pizza part. Um, <laughs> I realized I would cancel out the sexy part if it was the other well, definition. Yeah, yeah carried one. I'm excited for the big game. I'm gonna be watching the big game here uh, at the DNVR bar. Very excited for Ooh, it. Do we want to talk about Jokic's night at all, or, or no? Do we not? Moving past that. Uh, why don't we first hit our DraftKings Sportsbook's king of the game first, and we'll see who that's oh, about. Oh, it is Nikola Jokic. 21 points, 16 rebounds. And assists. Can I say something? This guy's be sacrilegious. You guys know I love Jokic. This was a B-minus Jokic game, a, in my opinion. I'm going to say this is a bad Jokic Tw- game. Well, it wasn't bad. He had 21, 16, and 8. I although, don't know, Although man. some of that came late. Like, so a lot of those rebounds came I, late where we're like, what's he doing in there? They're down 25. I kind of felt like at a certain point he was gunning for a triple-double. Here's what pissed me off about Yoke's game tonight. There, the stretch in the second quarter when the starters <laughs> came back in, yeah, and the bench had already like lost the lead, lost yeah. the game. Maybe the starters come back in, and Jokic is just floating around the perimeter for like the rest of the second quarter. I think he got one post up in that <laughs> oh, span, and it's like, okay, 
one of two things needs to happen here. Michael Malone needs to call a play for Jokic to get his ass on the block. Right. Or Yoke needs to call his own number right. and get his ass on the block. He just looks so complicit standing around the three-point line, just letting Minnesota, you know, just let him be there. Like, it was just frustrating. Dev, why does he spend some games out on the perimeter like that? I think that it's like the adapting, especially with uh, Minnesota. They play him with a one-on-one coverage, and he's not – I don't think he's used to that. So when he sees it, I think that he's just like, I'm going to beat him in different ways, or he overthinks it because he hasn't seen it in such a long time. Um, or I just think that he just feels like he's just so much better that he's not going to do it. I just wish that he was more aggressive in those type of games where he just says, okay, I'm not going to score. I'm just going to – I'm going to – I mean, I'm not going to pass. I'm just going to score in those. In those, you just talked about. He had one post up um, in that quarter. Did he score on it? He scored the easiest bucket of the game on it. Exactly. So why not go into it like rinse yeah. repeat like that? Everyone else in the league that's really like their scores, they want to do that every single time because they're just gonna they're gonna score. They're gonna be like successful. The team's gonna win the game. He just wants to be involved in so many different ways, and he is involved with the Nuggets in so many different ways that I don't think they do the rinse and repeat like they should. So, sure, I don't think that it was a. I really don't think it was a, a good Jokic game. It was just him sleepwalking into a another just decent game where he's still you know one of the best players. Yeah, I mean you know don't forget his. He was on the injury report. Maybe his toe was hurting him. I don't know, but Jokic just has like a killer toggle switch. Yeah. And it just didn't. It just never got flicked tonight. He just was like, it never did. Yeah. It, he just never. You know, I think that there's with Jokic, you always have to kind of look at like, all right, was he frustrated with everybody else around him? Probably. I certainly was. Uh, was did it feel like uh, it was too far gone when he got back in? So it was sort of like, all right, let's kind of get through this. Like, I'm not going to give too much because this is sort of a lost cause. Like, he's just like a really intrigued. Like, his psychology is so goddamn interesting. Yeah, yeah like, but at the same time, I don't feel like I know it. I feel like I can analyze people, work people out. Yo, yo, that's what I mean. That's yeah, why it's so like, interesting. Like, you don't quite know what makes this guy tick. Like, you think that at a certain point, something happens, and he's just, like, a different guy now. He has, like, a different motivation or whatever. And, like, then other times, not so much. Yeah. Just yeah. switches. I, the, I mean, the, the final thing I've got on this, though, is, like, yeah, maybe his toe was hurting. Maybe he's a little tired. Look, this has been a brutal stretch for Denver, and they started this road trip 4 now. Like, oh yeah, of course. It's okay that they lost this game. Of course, totally. it's okay. Of I mean, course. that's the the main point here is that the fuck this game forever. Like, we'll never talk yeah, about this game again. It sucks. We just won. We were just on a streak. Um, this is NBA basketball, baby. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's hit some super chats. I hear we have like one or two. <laughs> oh hell yeah, the ultra sickos. <laughs> Christian says Nugs need a. Uh, uh, Consolidation? A consolidation trade. Too many small guards and power forwards need to get a quality wing defender. Minnesota have nothing but long athletic wings. Yeah. Um, I look, I think they do just in that they have some players like we talked about, Jermichael Green, maybe a little redundant there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree they could probably use one. The whole thing is, though, guys, I just think you have to set your bar a little bit low. Here's their real trade they need, guys. They need to find a way to get Jamal Murray. And Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> what do we, and what do we you, have to give up? He's just got to give up time. He's got to give up and about Robert Covington. Another five months of your life, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, they're back, hopefully. Yeah. So, I like the guys that when we talk about, like, what, you're going to trade J. Mike, what are you going to get? You're going to get the J. Mike of wings, and it's not going to be that cool. So. <laughs> <laughs> F. Mike. <laughs> wow. 
We're all having off nights. It's okay. Jesse says, can <laughs> anyone remember the post-game lounge featuring the human versus animal chat? Yeah, hell He's yeah. The vibes. T-Wolves have our number. <laughs> Every nugget is good. New Zealand love. He's hey, so right. We should be just... Des- that's what we should be talking that? about. Yeah. We were talking oh, yeah, about... you guys were well, drunk. And it's, we were drunk, probably. Mm-hmm. But we were talking... And it came out that... Uh, Disturbing number of adult men think that they could. That was an off season. That wasn't a losers lounge. That was an off season yeah, show. Off-season. All the same. Yeah, I love that a, one. And a, and a disturbing number of adult men think that they could beat a grizzly bear in wrestling. Match. Oh yeah, there was some really oh, dumb yeah. takes, man. Then, so then I probably started. talked about how there used to be that show like Man vs Beast. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it was Justin Gatlin who tried to race a giraffe, I think, no, and uh, just got torched. Whoa, no, <laughs> we talked giraffe. about you. You clearly yeah. weren't on this. We talked about this. It was a zebra. <laughs> And one of the keys to the breakdown of the, what they, they set it up, man versus animal, man versus beast. And in the Chiron at the bottom, it said what the zebra needs to do to win the <laughs> race win. is number one, realize it's a race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There great. was somebody, there was a Olympic sprinter racing a giraffe today. <laughs> And the giraffe got out of the break, so out of the gates really rough. Con- it like stumbled, but then it picked it up. Now this watched. is a basketball conversation. Yeah. This, is a real, this is what the people wanted. <laughs> right, what else we got? <laughs> Dave Walker says, "I think Denver needs to find more minutes for De- Davon Reed. No should doubt. He, should he be playing over Forbes or Rivers? Look, man. Here's the thing: is you traded for Forbes, so I know they're going to give him some runway here, and rightfully so. I mean, like, look, he, see if he can make some threes. Forbes see if that, you was know, really works. good last game. He yeah. was just so bad today. Rivers won a playoff series for you, and he's been good recently. Like, I understand the predicament Malone's in. I really do, man. I I understand it. Um, I like Dave Reed. I would like to see him as well, but I, I yeah. I don't think it's a solution to anything. Johnny, our homie, says hippo character falling to the ground in a dramatic way, bursting into tears with the words epic fail in the background. Hell yeah. No one gets to the core of us and the Nuggets like Johnny. Man, he gets it so well. (laughs) Do you guys like pear or exploding pear, or do you like hippo character? Those Uh, are the two staples. Listen, I'm a hippo man. Really? You're a hippo man. Listen, I, I love... Uh, King Hippo in Mike Tyson's Punch Out. I love Hippo character crying and falling. Uh, and what saying about Epic Hungry Fail. Hungry? You just hungry, made like hungry. three references that did not register with me. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. King Hippo? King Hippo from uh, from Hot Mike punch Tyson's out? Punch Out. Never played it. What about Hungry? Are you hungry? kidding? Well, man, this is crazy because like there are certain things that we're like, yeah, we're old. Mike Tyson's Punch Out, honestly, a top five video game ever made. It, I mean, I grew go- up in like the Fight Night era. If you go to um, the One Up right down the way, they have a mural. With King Hippo as the centerpiece. Because really? he's such an integral piece of video game design caricature. You punch him in the gut and his pants fall down and he has no. to pick him up. And then yeah, that's how you get him. I have a shirt with King Hippo on it. And more times than not, I've worn it. And people were like, oh, it's like you. And I was offended. All right, also, gonna... also, horribly racist game. Actually, very offensive. Oh, wow. Eric snuck out. Look at this. Wow. That was the quickest I've ever seen Eric move. Oh my goodness, was, Eric beat Dev. Dev is stunned. You know what though, Dev? You don't no hey, school Dev, tomorrow, up, man. man. Snow hey, day. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Play some video games. Hey, all right. Hey, are we gaming tomorrow? Are we gaming? You are we know, gaming? Bro. Oh, you no, know we're doing know. it. Uh, all right. Take us into that post game uh, commentary. How was? Was it enthralling? Uh, quick one. Malone was of two minds about tonight, guys. And obviously, there's a part of Malone, a coach. Part of him, deep inside of him, he'll never be able to turn off. And as you can imagine, that part of him, less than thrilled tonight with the effort and the execution. But he caught himself several times. I thought made a real concerted effort to 
keep perspective on how they've played of late, right? 10 of their last 14, we all know, but also just the way they've started this road trip. So he had plenty to say, but made sure to catch himself and point out, look, they are playing well. And he shared with us his message to the team, which is, we don't expect you guys to be perfect. We did not expect you guys to win every game for the rest of the season. So tonight <laughs> wasn't good enough, but we got to regroup, get back to the drawing board, and get back to our brand of basketball. Uh, and obviously, guys, they've got a chance to do that tomorrow. Um, that is a quick turnaround, man. He agreed that that game was lost in the second quarter. Obviously, their bench dominated our bench in that first half. Uh, and that's two games in a row now, he said, where you have to give the Wolves credit. They've out-hustled the Nuggets. They've been more physical. They've gotten after it. They definitely, like, you remember when the Nuggets definitely. were in this stage, when they're, like, on the come-up, how, like, you treat these divisional games like they mean so much, and you're yeah. like, I can't wait to make a statement against them. And now you're on the other side of that, where this was just, like, a game. Right. You wanted to win it, but you're right. They definitely have more pride in this game than definitely. Denver did. And, and it's kind of like, blows. Towns went at Jokic tonight. Always does. Always he does. went at him in the post a little bit, but I thought more so just on the perimeter. Just like trying to drive it right into yeah. his chest. Towns plays Jokic well. It's really, yeah. you know, Jokic has run away from that comparison on, on the aggregate, but the head-to-heads are... Yeah. I mean, t- Towns gets his. Yeah. Um, all right, move along. Uh, oh, Va- he was asked about Vanderbilt and if he thinks Vanderbilt was really bringing something extra because it's the Nuggets. And he said, Vando plays like that every night. Yeah, that's, just, that's just always Vando. how he's played, and that's what he does for them every night. And reminded uh, reminded us that Vando's fighting for a contract, too. So uh, he's, he's going to get one. He's going to get one. <laughs> he's on like one of the best deals in the NBA. Yeah. So, yeah, Malone, I think, fighting fighting his urge to criticize every ounce of that game while also keeping perspective. Uh, but, but I thought, ultimately, he, he did keep it. I think, I'll tell you this. I think the Nuggets, maybe they'll start to take this game more seriously now. They Look, the Nuggets won like 13 in a row against them. So they, they kind did. of, this has kind of been a lopsided. Now they've gotten blown out two games in a row. And I am curious to see when they play again if there's a little bit more of a, hey, we got to show them Tighten they don't up. have our number. Like we got to yeah. put them down a little bit. But I will say, I think Michael Malone, he looks over there at Chris Finch, Mike Anori, and I think for him, he's like, come on, guys. He's <laughs> it's like, a big one tonight. Are you guys hey, effing guys, kidding me? Hey, let's get hopped <laughs> up, huh, guys? Yeah. Team on three, huh? Uh, <clears throat> spoke with Zeke, talked about how last year he learned to have a short memory in the NBA, just seeing how guys bounce back, um, never getting too high, too low, and that's something he's carried with him. Uh, he was asked... I feel like Zeke, yeah, definitely never gets too high. No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, he was asked about the difference in his approach, if he's out there as the five with three guards or the four, and he gave a, a detailed answer just to sum it up. Uh, some of the notes I got down here, he said if he's the five... Um, the crux of it is he's just going to set more screens, just try to get guys involved that way as much as he can through through screen and roll or screen and pop. And then if he's the four, you'll see him out more on the wing, obviously ready for that shot, trying to cut more more flare screens, a slightly different approach, he said. Um, he thinks the Nuggets need to have way more movement on offense, I think particularly that second unit. It does break down into a lot of one-on-one sometimes, a lot of standing and watching. We had the old pick and pop going there for a while. Oh, I was like, pick God. and pop, pick and pop, pick and pop. With Jamichael. Yeah, you're like, oh. yeah. I'm going to see that in my dreams tonight, just one <laughs> pick and pop after another. Do you guys see Jamichael Green like raise up for an above-the-break three and just go, ugh? <laughs> his shot, man, like he puts his whole body into every single three that he takes. I feel like he starts super crouched down low and then just like full extension <laughs> and he just, rims out every time yeah, and everyone misses uh, uh and then he did say it was nice to see family obviously although tonight not exactly what he had in mind yeah. um Jokic 
basically just said, look, we can't do anything about this one now. It's done. They lost. <laughs> and there's another game tomorrow, so don't think about it. Tomorrow's another chance. Uh, he said Vanderbilt's playing great for them, and that's what he's done for them since he got there. He was asked once again about being a, a vocal cheerleader, particularly in the fourth quarter, specifically for Zignaji, who hit a three, and Jokic was up and off the bench. Jokic. He said, uh, I just tried to cheer the guys. They won the quarter. It was good that we won at least one quarter. Um, the the most on-brand quote of the night from Jokic, he was asked to just sort of reflect on where Denver's at right now. Where, where's the team at? We are six games above 500. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's so true. Yeah. I think it's a good thing, but <laughs> what do I know? I'm not the MVP. Uh, I think we are in a good spot, but we could be even better. <laughs> uh, true. Yeah. That's true. And then uh, he was asked if Minnesota did anything differently defensively tonight to, to make his life hard. Um, he only took, I, th I think, 16 shots tonight. And then he said, last game I took like eight, or was it seven, or was it nine? I'm just trying to play the game the right way. Did they do something different? I don't know. I did have five turnovers. I have to do a better job as the leader or whatever. <laughs> uh, I cannot have every night the most turnovers. I've got to do a better job of that. A couple of them were just good reads from them. A couple were just bad, bad passes. And then one was that bad communication with Bryn Forbes. He said a couple of things, uh, a couple more things. He said that is what they do, Minnesota's defense. They do turn you over, um, but I think we could have controlled a couple of those. So, yeah. I, again, look, I, I think the Nuggets were really – I don't think they've lost sight of that it's four and one, right? right? As bad as this loss was tonight, it's just one, and they've got another chance to get one back tomorrow. That was definitely the vibe. This Utah game maybe carries a little bit more urgency. You go 5-1 on this trip, we're going to feel great. You go 4-2. and two. You feel good, I still think yep. overall, but it's yeah. like one of those things where you're like, yeah, but yeah. six and zero, four and zero, awesome. and yeah, you had it right yeah. there. Anyway, that does it for us today, guys. Don't forget tomorrow if you're watching this. I'm so excited. Tomorrow at 11:30, I'm going to be on live on the Keeping It 1000 podcast right here on the YouTube channel with none other than the Professor Andre Miller, one of my all-time favorite Denver Nuggets. And I'm telling you, George Carl keeps it real. Andre Miller keeps it real. I don't know if you've ever heard him talk. That guy doesn't sugarcoat things. Yeah. That guy tells it like it is, and I can't wait to hear him talk about the mellow one, years. Man. He was, of course, in Denver from 2003 to 2006. I want to hear him talk about the post-mellow years. He was here from 2011 to 2014. So I want to hear all about that. Even the Brian Shire, I can't wait to ask him about what it was like going from there. He gets traded very quickly after that. And then, of course, one of the things I always am curious about when I talk to super high Q, great passers, what do they think of Nikola Jokic as well as Bones Highland, Jamal Murray, and That's the rest of the company? tomorrow. 11.30 tomorrow. It's going to be a banger. Absolute banger, guys. Andre Miller, George Carl, along with me tomorrow. We'll see you guys then.